Hey guys, this is Sean Williams of the Sean Williams Podcast Network, host of Variety Bites and The Shark Attack. I hope you've been enjoying what I've been bringing you on on this podcast. Did you know you could actually get paid for listening to this podcast and others? Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it's true, thanks to a new free app that I've discovered called PodCoin. And here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, you and you earn PodCoin while you listen. And you can use that for gift cards like for Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're just a charitable person, you can actually have that go to charity. So here's what you do. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android. And thanks to you guys, my growing audience I, and loyal audience, I have a special code for you. Simply use the code Williams and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. So once again, just when you install the app, make sure you use the code Williams to get your 300 PodCoin, and I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. up people this is the attack i am yours truly sean williams and it is his homecoming he is finally back the sergeant in arms mr jp mayor fair enough all right so we got some things to catch up on got a lot to talk about but the first thing first topic NXT is moving to the USA Network. So now, now AEW will have some competition as it will air the same night as NXT. So now we have a Wednesday Night Wars. So, JP, there is, and also, there's Vince Beck rumor and innuendo that Vince is actually going to step back. Exactly. And Raw has been damn good lately. Yeah, SmackDown may have had some ups, ups and downs, but Raw has been significantly better. Exactly. Me and you used to come on this, sh- on this show every week and bitch and moan and bitch and moan about Raw. But I haven't had to bitch at all. 
Yeah, I really haven't. And, you know, it. like I said, I mean, I can't see Triple H just letting Vince take control of NXT. That has been his pet project for years. Oh, yeah. That's one of the, and that's one thing that I think Stephanie would actually side with Triple H about. Because of the fact that, it, not, I mean, that's, that's been Hunter's pet, pet project. And she's stood by with him wor- working on that one. And I think she fully recognizes what Hunter has made that into. Oh, absolutely. But that bring and you're right. Vince, right now, the majority of his focus is the XFL. He wants, he doesn't want to make the same mistakes with the XFL that he did the last time. He wants this to succeed. He wants this to work. He doesn't want to fail at this again. Yeah. Now, whether he will succeed with it or not, who knows? But what I remembered most from the XFL the last time, yeah, it was football all right. Bad football. That was, I mean, it was basically bad high school football. Yeah, but look at it like this. Rod Smart got paid afterwards. True. And at one point, Tommy Maddox did get the call up to my Steelers, even though he didn't really pan out. Yeah, didn't he go like 15-1? Yeah. Yep, but um, but look, Vince will always have an ear towards his own product. Of course. We and nothing's gonna change that, but even he knows he can't put all his focus on on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, sometimes Two Hundred Five Live, probably, and the XFL. He can't. Even he knows this. Yeah. And he's not the kind of guy with some... He truly believes he can make the XFL into something. And he realizes he's been given a second chance with this thing. And his pa- he's got the passion for it. I'll give him that. But it really means it, the world to him to not fail at this again. So all his folk, the majority of his focus, he's putting into this because he wants to do it right. Now, the big question... He has to to realize, look what just happened to the alliance of whatever it was. They didn't even finish the season. But to be fair... Right. And but also this time around with running the XFL, Vince has help. Yeah. He has he has support and most of these got and most of that support would probably be more beneficial with him to make this run properly. Now regarding NXT, here's my question for this move. Well, a couple of them. One, 
if AEW wasn't premiering on that night, do you think NXT would even be getting moved like this? So they are, yeah, they already have a head, they'll have a head start on AEW, but I'm saying if AEW premiering that on that date wasn't going to happen, do you think NXT would have even left the WWE Network? Yeah, there are benefits to this. It adds more further exposure for NXT than what they than to more than just people that subscribe to the WWE network. This expands to those that don't subscribe. But my concern, however, like I mean, my concern is the fact that I'm I'm worried about how will this affect the quality of the NXT that we've come to know and love with is it going to hinder it is it going to is it going to look bet I mean is it how how will this affect the product for better or worse and what does this do about takeover and more importantly what does this do about call-ups I do think that the fact that they're moving NXT to the USA Network means that Adam Cole is sticking around in NXT for quite a while. Because you, you want to have him showcased when it premieres. Cole has become, or is about to become, the face of NXT. Yeah, and... And if there's any guy that I think... You asked me a question. 
Sorry, I was just going to say, JP, I was just going to say, if there's anybody that I think can pull off that job, it's definitely Adam Cole. Oh, hands down. Now, you said to me the other day, um, you asked me the question, where do you rank Adam Cole in terms of NXT champion? Mm-hmm. I put him at two behind Finn Balor. That's interesting. If the way Finn won it in Japan, the way Finn, Finn defended it against everybody. I just don't know if Finn had the reaction or the connect like was was over with the crowd as Adam Cole is. Adam Cole is crazy over. <laughs> I mean, watching his entrance at the last takeover when he got to the ring, both when he did his trademark boom, but also Adam Cole Bay Bay, the crowd is was just so bonkers behind him. But in the same sense, um, when Gargano came out, he was that was a monster pop too. True. And I think easily the top face in NXT, without question, is Johnny Gargano. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, I like the fact that this will help show, and even when you move, I won't say call up, instead I will say Trent moved over from, to Raw or SmackDown. At least now you can see these guys and see why they're being moved to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. And believe me, they're gonna be mo- there'll be movement. Yeah. Because you're gonna get you're gonna get new guys coming in from the indies like Santana Garrett. So you're gonna Which, by the way, I still say this about Santana Garrett being signed, long overdue. Santana Garrett should have been signed two fucking years ago. That's my point. It's it's about damn time, and it's long overdue that they signed her. But, uh, I'll put it to you like this. I was at an indie show. Uh, it was an all-lady show three years ago. She's had somebody by the name of Heidi Lovelace. Want to know what her name is now? Shoot. Ruby Ruby Riot. You had Heidi Lovelace. You had Santana Garrett, who's always gone by Santana Garrett, except in TNA when she was at Psycho. What was her name? Brittany or something? Yeah. She started off as a face and then went bonkers. But she wrestled in other places as Santana Garrett. Even in that WOW Women of Wrestling, she wrestled as Santana Garrett. Yes. Which, Tessa Blanchard is actually pulling double duty on that one. Because she works that one, and she works Impact. And, no disrespect to any woman in the WWE, Tessa Blanchard is the number one female wrestler in the world right now. You want a dream match? I'll give you one. Charlotte Flair 
and Tessa Blanchard. Oh God, yes. And if the I had to pick, the, w, the fact that the WWE had Tessa Blanchard lose in round one of the Mae Young Classic the first year was just blasphemy. I mean, year early on with her, I mean, I guess somehow she had gotten this reputation that she was difficult. Like, she had this entitled attitude that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But, I don't know, from what I've seen, like, stuff in social media and, uh, and other things, that I think she's, maybe it finally, finally set in on her that to, she just had a change, she changed her tune. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, I, I mean... And if, if they did have that match between Charlotte Flair and Tessa Blanchard, I would say Tessa Blanchard in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I'm looking, I'm right now, have the, the year one of the uh, May Young Classic to see who... Okay, to be fair, Tessa Blanchard lost to the person that won the whole damn tournament. True. So it's not like she lost to some slouch. God, the names of the people that Kyrie Sane went through to win the tournament. Round one, Tessa. Round two, Bianca Belair. Round three, Dakota Kai. Round four, Tony Storm. And then the finals, uh, Shayna Baszler. Yep. But, um... Jesus. You know, I was going to say, though, I mean... Well, here's the last question I'll ask about with NXT being moved to USA is how do you think it will fare against AEW? Uh, the, the positive is there's going to be wrestling. We're going to get to see new talents spotlight, have the spotlight shown on them. Um, and as we mentioned, they will have time, NXT will have had time to set ground on USA and start to develop an audience. Yeah. So it'll have a clear-cut advantage over AEW. It's just a matter of how big will the following be for AEW heading into that. Saturday goes, or I should say this Saturday, we're filming this on Sunday. Yeah. Which, um, which later this week we will have a show where we'll talk about AEW All Out. Now, a lot is gonna is gonna take, is gonna be determined on how All Out goes. already taken a huge blow with All Out. Yeah, the loss of... And they almost had a second one. Yeah, I mean, the first one we're talking about, of course, is Mo- John Moxley, the form- a- formerly known as Dean Ambrose, having to pull out of his match with Kenny Omega. That one hurt. Oh, yeah. 
But for those that don't know, Leia, fill us in on what the other one, what the near miss was that they avoided. The near miss was Ray Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Reports were he broke his leg. Thank God he did it. He will be good to go on Saturday for what could probably, what could possibly be the most insane match on that card. Yep, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers one more time. This time, the Triple A Gold of the that belongs to the Lucha Brothers is on the line. Yeah, but um, I agree with you that all eyes are going to be on All Out this this week. And the success, whether how big or how little the success for All Out, is going to be what determines the, the, um, how the momentum for AEW heading into their premiere. Now, we talked a little bit about Tessa Blanchard, and, you know, I, even though I've, there's rare times where I talk about impact, I mean, lately I've had a couple moments where I've been able to, but here's my question. What exactly is their plan with Tessa Blanchard? Because I have absolutely no idea where they're going with this. Yeah, I'm starting to get... Because, like, do something with her. It's obvious you want her to, to wrestle the men's because she's better than all the women, which, I'm sorry, is just left in the face of all the women because they have a damn good women's roster, albeit very thin. Yeah, their women's roster is... While they have notable talents, it's nowhere near what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden you've done this face turn, I guess, with Sue Young. I don't know what the fuck's going on with Sue Young. Yeah. I mean, one point you had Sue Young and Havoc on the same side. Now all of a sudden you've got them colliding with each other. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And Rosemary had been MIA for a while since the last pay-per-view, and now she's returned. And while you kind of have a little rivalry between Jordan Grace against Madison Rain and Kira Hogan, but really that's a feud that's just going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. But I I take issue with the fact that Tessa Blanchard has lost back-to-back to Sammy Callahan. And do you do they really think anyone wants to see Sammy Callahan versus Brian Cage? Look, I know you've seen Sammy Callahan in action in more areas than I have, but him against Cage? I mean, I honest. I mean, honestly, looking at it on paper, I would just look at it as 
Brian Cage would beat the living crap out of him. Yeah, but you see, Sammy Callahan is... He is second to none. He is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He might not have the look, but... He is good at being hated. I will give him that. I'm just not sure Absolutely. if he. I'm just not sure if he's over enough to have that spot to be the the champion. I mean, Impact had a chance to set to set some ground on something that we haven't seen any promotion do. And having and having Tessa Blanchard challenge and actually win the men's world title. She's held the women's championship, but to have her as the world champion, Impact could have done something truly, like, groundbreaking. And thus far, unless they change something before between now and Bound for Glory, they've screwed it up. Well, as far as I can... I mean, more than likely, it's probably going to be bound for glory. I'm just theorizing on that one, but more... I mean, st- typically, that would probably be it. Yeah, who knows? Maybe somehow... Possibly. I mean, because at the moment, it's like regarding what they're doing with Tessa Blanchard, my, th- my reaction is obviously they're thinking. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Yeah. I'm with you on that one there, Bob Uecker. Well, if I was ever a play-by-play guy, I think my style, or my style would be similar to his in Major League. Yep. Not the not the sequels. God help us on those though. I like the second one. Second one was bet was well, it was okay for a sequel, but that third one was a complete piece of crap. Yeah, I don't even count that third one. That that movie had no business being on the big screen than the Godfather Part Three. See, see, people, that's the beauty of this show. Unlike, unlike Sony and Disney, we can actually agree on some things. Yes! I had to throw that out there. For I'm the record, by, by, by the time it's all said and done, Spider-Man will be back in the MCU, and everybody will get Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Yeah, no kidding. Without beating the shit out of each other. I... Dude, I, I live near a Popeye's chicken. I can't even get the damn sandwich because that place is so packed. Dude, dude I, where I live and where I work is like right next to each other. Yeah. I have a Popeye's five minutes one way, five minutes the other way. None of, neither place has had it. Like, what is so goddamn good about this chicken sandwich? It's a fucking chicken sandwich. 
I don't know. I kind of, I mean, I'm the same way with how people praise Chick-fil-A, and I remember having it years ago, and I'm just like, I don't get the big deal. What they charge for it is ridiculous, plus, or, well, to put it simply, I don't eat racist chicken. Well, racist, uh, prejudiced chicken, I guess is the more accurate term. Without going political, I'm just saying that. I don't like where, to put it simply, I don't like where their money, where the, where their money goes. That's putting it simpler. All right, so we go from off the chicken talk. Yeah, so from all those topics to another, it's that moment, people, where we cross the line. Bitch, what line? This cross the line, I will call it the well. Instead of three D, it's more like three B, and by that I mean Banks, Bray, and Buddy. Starting with the last one on that one, Buddy Murphy got a clean win over Daniel Bryan. How the hell did that happen? Yeah, that, I was watching that, and I was like, hot damn. Yeah, I was just like, I did not see that coming. I mean, to have him win is one thing, but to have him get a clean win... Like, didn't cheat or nothing. He actually beat Daniel Bryan. Yeah. I'm just, I'm stunned by that. And the, and the other one, Banks. Sasha Banks is a beast. Yeah. She is definitely, <laughs> I like to think of this as we've seen the, the return of the boss. Oh, yeah. However... It's not without some issues, at least on my end. Her say, her laying out Natty and saying, go to hell, Natty. Tell your dad I said hi. Look, JP, you've known me a long time. You know how I feel about that kind of heat. I agree. I think it's cheap. I think it's tacky. And I think it's in horrible taste. So, no. So, no, I'm not a fan at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just feel like they're make it's just making a buck off of Jim Neidhart's corpse, and no, I'm not okay with that at all. I mean, you, look, Steve Austin on Hot Ones talked about because um, one of the questions he was asked is, "What is cheap heat?" And one example he gave is you're taking on a guy and the guy, the guy spits in your face. To him, that's an example of cheap, of cheap heat because any asshole can do it. In this case, I feel like, I just feel like there are some lines you need, you just should not cross. And this, an example I could give Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio, when he said, you're looking up at heaven thinking that's where Eddie is. He's not. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that. 
Yeah, I'm not cra- yeah, I'm not crazy about that kind of heat. I just again, I feel like it's a horrible taste and it's just cheap. Now to go to lighter lighter stuff. Bray freaking Wyatt. I know I keep saying it, but good lord. That whole thing where he the fiend attacked Jerry Lawler. That was just it is just nuts. That almost made up for the fact that you didn't see him the week, the night after SummerSlam where he just had that huge debut. I mean, I don't, I really can't explain it. I mean, how is it that this is just working so well? It seems to be the one thing WWE is truly doing right without any mistakes. And if, and I gotta say, if this was all the brainchild of Bray Wyatt, that guy is a freaking genius. I mean, I know with the old stuff, with the old Bray Wyatt, he wrote his own lines. But this, this is just freaking ingenious. I mean, what more can you say about it? No. You're, yeah, you're right. He doesn't need to be on Raw or SmackDown every week. And it was damn creepy the way he just, like, Lawler's trying to escape. He's at the stage and, like, slowly you see the Fiend, like, rise up right behind him. And... Yeah, it's just it kind of exemplified the fact that no one is safe from from him. Who would have thought that a a new mask and just a new mask and different music and a different different mannerisms would just be so ghoulishly demonic? And a lot of people are saying what that this should be a match at Mania, the Fiend versus Taker, being the match that finally ends the Undertaker. I wouldn't be oppressed to that. I would look at that one as a passing of the torch. Because a lot of the stuff that The Fiend is doing is very, I would say, it's very Taker-like. That we've seen so far. I mean, there's a lot of similarity with that, I think it's safe to say. But jumping from that to another topic, and that happens to be what is now probably the biggest free agents in the wrestling on the wrestling circuit right now, and what was a huge cornerstone of Impact's tag division, Santana and Ortiz, LAX, are now officially free agents. So the big question, JP, 
Where should they go? And where will they most likely end up going? Where should they go? AEW. Where will they go? I don't know. Well, the where should they go and where will they go for me? I think most more than likely is going to be AEW. Because as good as Santana and Ortiz are, I'm not I'm not sure if WWE is even a, is going to even recognize that. I mean, I I don't see them making a play for them even though they ought to. I think Ring of Honor is one that ought to make a play for them because what the heck do they have in their tag team division? The Briscoes and Villain Enterprises. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, I mean, if Ring of Honor's tag team division was plentiful and they had plenty of competition, the Briscoes would not be fighting the Rock and Roll Express. They would not be defending their tag team titles against the Rock and Roll Express, which is gonna. I'm I'm just gonna say it. Look, all due respect to Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton, they're gonna get their asses handed to them. Yeah. I mean, even if even when they were, at the the top of their game even that version of the Rock and Roll Express would not be able to match up against the Briscoes I mean I just don't see it and I'm, and I'm setting aside the fact JP that I, I was never exactly the biggest fan of the Rock and Roll Express Yeah, I mean, when they were fighting the, when they were in that feud with the Freebirds in early WCW, I was rooting for the Freebirds more than the Rock and Roll Express. I liked the Freebirds because they actually sang their own music. That and they were entertaining. They they were far more entertaining, more charismatic to me than the Rock and Roll Express was. And frankly, at the time, I believed the, I believed in the DDT as more of a finisher or a believable finisher than the double drop kick. Yeah. I'm sorry. Even as a little kid, I thought a double drop kick—that's it. Even back then, I recognized certain finisher moves as any idiot can do it. In this case, any idiot tag team can do a double drop kick. I mean, you could say the same thing at, with the DDT, but there's a difference. The, at least when the Freebirds, especially Michael Hayes, did the DDT, at least it was believed that when he hit it, nobody got up. Yeah. It was a move that was protected. But I think if they go AEW... That will be a truly, truly loaded tag team roster. Oh, God, yes. 
I mean, you got the Young Bucks, you got the Lutra Brothers, to name a few. And then to on those teams and others that I haven't listed, you add in LAX. That would just be epic. Just saw a Sam, just saw a Sam Adams commercial. This is why I love the fall. Shows my favorite my favorite blend of Sam Adams. Oktoberfest. I'm a Boston Lager guy. Eh. Okay, agree to disagree on that one. I don't like the aftertaste with the Boston Lager. I like the seasonal Sam Adams more than the than the Boston Lager. No, I like I like the Oktoberfest and winter lager. And summer ale also. I like those ones. But um But yeah, I just I think that AEW is trying to promote themselves as being very pro tag team wrestling. It's not it's not going to be the sole thing, but it let me put it like this. It they want that to be the cornerstone of their promotion. Like just like for a long time, TNA slash impacts was the X division. Yeah. They want the tag team division to be like that. And they've already announced I mean it's already been uh, announced that and I believe it begins at all out. They're going to begin a tournament to crown the new, te- the first ever tag team champions of AEW. Um, I mean, I thought what I read was that uh, the dark. No, that's for the first round bye. Oh, for the first round bye? Okay. Yes, the, the tournament is going to start on, on their TV show. Okay, the match I saw a picture of, it was the Dark Order and the Best Friends colliding. Yeah, that's the match for the first round by, so I'm guessing it's not going to be a huge tournament. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine so. I mean, you don't want to waste too much time. I mean, I think for AEW, when they premiere, they want to have their, t- their champions already set up. I mean, that's why at All Out, we're, we're going to crown a first ever world champion. Yes. So, we'll see which way they go. Go with the guy that's already established, or go with the young blood. It, it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one other... Well, before I talk about anything else... We already did the cross the line people. Now it's that untimely it's that ultimate question where we ask, who writes this crap? Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What I can't count on you people. Now, with everything good that WWE has been doing as of late, this Roman Reigns who attacked him story is not one of them. It's getting stupid. I mean this they got this guy that basically looked like an Eric Rowan wannabe. Which, by the way, that's just what the WWE needs. Another one of him. If what, to be completely, completely honest, it looks like Jim Snitsky. 
Yeah. Oh, boy. It wasn't my fault. See, I mean, I just don't get where they're going with this. I really don't. Me either. And I think it's reached the point. I don't care. I mean, I just really don't. I'm to the point where I'm just like, you know what? Can we just move past this whole thing and get it over with? They got me hating this one so much, I almost want to say, just have Roman go after a belt already. That's how bad it is. But, um, I gotta say, one, um, having Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins win the Raw tag titles off of Gallows and Anderson, who won them not that long ago, didn't see that coming. And I, I can say this is probably a big moment for Braun Strowman in the sense that he is, it's the second time he has held the tag titles, and this time his partner not only is out of grade school, but is actually old enough to drink. To be fair, I heard after the WrestleMania 34, um, Braun Strowman and, and Nicholas did go to their local bar, and they were drinking shots of milk. Probably, but, and of course, we've seen two different times with Braun Strowman eyeing the Universal title. All I can say to you, JP, is this, either give Braun the damn belt or stop wasting our time. I'm to the point where I'm just not even, I'm not convinced at him winning the belt. And if you're going to have him take on Seth Rollins for the Universal title, then either have him win it or don't even bother. I mean, I feel like we've, it's just, it's the Dolph Ziggler effect. We've been teased about it too many times to the point where we're just, many of us don't care. Unless they actually are serious about it. What's your take on it? Um, sorry, I had some antagonists in my mouth. Um, Braun needs, I don't know what Braun needs, to be completely honest. Like, we all know Vince has a thing for big sweaty men. I think we can both, I mean, no, you weren't on when I talked about SummerSlam, but I think we can both agree. Seth, in terms of how, I mean, lackluster his title reign had been, he redeemed himself with that match against Brock. Because he gave us the match that we should have gotten at WrestleMania. Because we got him taking everything that Brock threw at him. He had people sympathetic because Brock had beaten the crap out of him two weeks in a row. Yeah. And you had him manage to overcome the odds. He actually beat Brock, not because he outsmarted him, because he proved that he 
he can be better than Brock Lesnar. And, you know... Yeah, and... I'm sorry, go ahead. Going into SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. I made my predictions with my friend. I missed two. And it was the two title matches. I didn't predict a double count-out with... Um... Kofi and Orton, and I didn't think, I honestly did not think that, that Seth was going to do it. Well, in in retrospect, I don't think anybody predicted the double count out. By the way, is there any, like, outcome of a match that is more outdated than a count out or double count out? To be fair, that's the first time I've done one of those in a while. True, but I'm just saying that that is a concept that I feel needs to go. I mean, all it does it doesn't really further a story. It just seems to piss people off. And it most certainly did. Yeah. Although, in fairness, lately we have seen a much more aggressive Kofi Kingston. I mean, what he did to Orton and to the Revival on SmackDown this past week, I took that as basically him saying, no more Mr. Nice Guy. That now he doesn't want to just beat Randy Orton, he wants to just break him in half. Oh, yeah. But make no mistake, Randy Orton is not going to win the belt, most likely at Night of Champions. He's not taking that belt off of Kofi Kingston. There is just absolutely nothing to benefit from Randy Orton winning the belt. Why do you think it's been so long since Randy Orton has had one of the main titles? There's nothing more to prove. There's no reason for it. Yeah, let's not... I think many of us have tried to block that out of our head. Well, yeah. Even though I did want to see Jinder Mahal go to Survivor Series that year and get brutalized by Brock. I think the fact that he would have gotten brutalized by Brock is the reason why AJ Styles ended up being the guy. (laughs) Which we got the better match for it. And... All Jinder Mahal's world title reign was a, was an example of of how new isn't always good. But um, and of course we got um another thing for Night of Champions. We got Bailey challenging or fa- defending the title against Charlotte Flair. I don't see any way Bailey walks out of Night of Champions or or. Night of Champions, Clash of Champions, whatever. I don't see her walking out with the belt. I do. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like Bailey had one good spark since winning that belt, and that was when she cashed in on Charlotte. Plus, also, if Charlotte doesn't win the belt, then what do you do with her?
I mean, it doesn't feel like they got much going for her right now outside of that match with Trish. I, I will say this, Charlotte though. Does, Charlotte doesn't always need that damn belt. Yeah, but I feel like you have Charlotte with the belt, then you can get another challenger for it. I mean, you could probably work Ember, build up Ember Moon to finally be, get the belt. But um, another thing I can see for Clash of Champions, I see Becky dropping the belt to Sasha Banks. I see. I think. I think it will happen. Because remember, this is the this is the old boss that we're seeing back. Doesn't mean she's actually going to play by the rules. Interesting, but I think the only issue you have, you have if if you don't have Sasha win at Clash of Champions, you have to have her still look strong. Becky wins by DQ. Yeah, that that'll work. Yeah, and here's an interesting statistic: of all the accomplishments Becky Lynch has had, there is one that she doesn't have. Long time ago, when she was still in NXT, she challenged Sasha Banks for the NXT for the NXT Women's Title, mm-hmm. and Sasha beat her. Mm-hmm. So she was ne- Becky was never able to take the belt off of Sasha Banks. So that's one thing that Sasha Banks kind of holds over over Becky. Yeah, I remember. And at the time, I thought Becky was going to do it and was kind of surprised that she didn't. Yeah, so did I. I mean, from that point, it just led me to believe that she was one of the most underutilized women in the whole roster. Luckily, they came around and, well, she's at the position she's at now. And side note, congratulations definitely goes out to Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Yes, many congratulations. And I've commented on several posts saying, predicting that it would go, I now pronounce you man and the man. You may now kiss the man. That'd be fucking great. <laughs> that would just be hilarious. And somebody also come. I read one comment that said, "Who's wearing the dress?" That was me. Oh, sorry. That well, well played, good sir. Because funny and true. Because I think we're all wondering that one. man. Well, here's the thing. I'm glad that they're not continuing the whole relationship of the two as a storyline because that was just backfiring. Well, I think they also realized it was making Seth look weak. 
mean, because Becky may be the man, but was making Seth Rollins look like the lesser man. And you cannot have that happen with him right now. And, you know, I was saving, I was going to save this from doing when I did from the mouth of the shark, but I, I'm just going to be quick about this thing and say that I'm really, actually, never mind, I did that before already. Um, but I'm, again, I'm sick of having to see finishing moves have to be done multiple times to get the point across. I mean, I feel like there's been several matches where I've had to watch Seth Rollins do the curb stomp three times, at least, on a guy. Typically, it should be one and done. And if there's more than once, a second time. I don't know where, I don't know where you stand, JP. I just feel like finishing moves has lost their flair. I mean, some moves, luckily, they've been protected over the years. But just, like, one example. The three, and I mentioned this the last episode I did, the 3D. That, that move has been well-preserved. Because mm-hmm. to this day, still only two people have ever kicked out of that move. And I'm trusting... Well, you you do remember who the first one was, right? Motor City Machine Guns. No, that was that was the second one. Chris Sabin was the first was the second person to kick out of the move. Who was the first? November to remember, nineteen ninety eight, Masato Tanaka. No kidding, that guy's got a... I'm pretty... I'm still convinced to this day if nuclear disaster ever occurs, he's going to be one of the things that survive. Probably. I mean, if all those awesome bombs from Mike Awesome and taking those chair shots from Balls Mahoney didn't kill him, I don't know what will. I think him and PCO are going to be the two that survive. Yeah, PCO definitely added to that list. By the way... You see that picture of that nasty gash he took at Ring of Honor this weekend? Jesus. That is just nuts. And, you know, this was something else that I talked about in the last episode, but since you're on, I mean, I don't know where you stand on it. I mean, we've talked about this, but what is it going to take to make Matt Taven as the world champion work? I just feel like they've run out of... They've tried everything and it's not working. A face turn. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, I could... I could see that only in the sense that... Him as a heel is... Boring. I mean, I just feel like there's no emotion in his heel character, you know? Also, in the same sense, you have, he won the title from Jay Lethal, 
who, in my opinion, is the greatest Ring of Honor champion of all time. Yes, ahead of Nigel and Joe. Yeah, and I want to see something here. I was gonna say though that it's it wouldn't be the first time that ROH has given the world title to a guy and then took it off of him because for whatever reason it wasn't working. I mean, Dalton Castle didn't hold it for very long. Dalton Castle held it for half a year. Well, I mean, by then, they kind of, I mean, they kind of real, he could have held it longer, but I think he was just running dry on competition. But also, the chase for the belt for him wasn't near as interesting at, or was more interesting than him actually holding the belt. But another example of a guy who didn't hold the belt that long, Kyle O'Reilly, given it was contractual issues, but still. Yeah. Jay Lethal has held the Ring of Honor Championship for a combined 707 days. Interesting. So, by That's technical standard. So, if you go by that number, he has. It does surpass Joe. Yes, at Joe's one ring, that was 645 days. Yeah, so in, in retrospect, he technically hasn't beaten Joe's record because of the fact that Joe held that for as long as he did in a single title run. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that that's where it, it kind of falls short of beating Joe, is the fact that if Lethal was able to hold it as longer than Joe did in a single run, then it'd be a different story. Just imagine having a match, Lethal versus Joe. Oh, man. <laughs> but, um... But, yeah, I mean, I... Look, I've been, I've been as patient as I can be with Matt Taven... To me, right now, the way he is, it's just not working. I mean, like I said, given it was contractual issues with Kyle O'Reilly. But, um... But, set that aside, that was another example of O'Reilly's quest to become ROH champion was more entertaining than O'Reilly as the champion. Because O'Reilly had one, was lacking one area that Adam Cole surpassed him in. He was more care, Cole was more charismatic and he was better on the microphone. O'Reilly not so much. But which, and I think that also played a part in why they had Adam Cole take the belt back from him. But um. Yeah, I mean, apart from what you suggested, a face turn for Matt Taven, I don't see what else. I don't see what else they do with him. Yeah, he needs a face turn. Yeah, 
And I mentioned Dalton Castle at Ring of Honor tapings, one guy who made his debut, one of their newest signees. Hendry made his debut. Yeah. I just haven't watched it yet. But that's a pretty big signing for Ring of Honor. Yeah. And looks like he's going right for Dalton Castle. That's going to be one hell of a match. But anyway, so I know I've been promising the face-off between JP and I that would be SummerSlam-themed. Truth be told, with all the craziness, scheduling, and everything, and I don't like to be the guy that doesn't, that advertises something and never delivers on it. So, we will do that. In fact, at this point, I'm looking to set that up as kind of an end-of-summer thing, and that'll be something that we do on the next show before we go into a discussion about, well, the whole the rest of the show will be talked about, talking about All Out. And I've made it simpler to where no more than three questions between JP and I on, that relate to SummerSlam. And it's funny, I listened to Something to Wrestle where they talked about um, SummerSlam 2000, I think it was 19, actually it was SummerSlam 1999. And the crazy part about it is I don't remember anything about it. It's like they, I li- listened to them talk about it, talked about Mick Foley winning the title, and I honestly did not remember this one. But according to Bruce Pritchard, it wasn't exactly that good of a SummerSlam. It wasn't. Right. And then the next night, Triple H ended up winning the belt. Yeah, and that was kind of coming on the twilight years for Stone Cold. Yeah. Injuries were just catching up to him, and he just was not being was not able to hold up. But um, there was a different SummerSlam I heard on a uh, Grill and Jr. where they were talking about one match that took place at SummerSlam. I forget which year it was. Probably '04. I don't know, but it was. Jack Swagger versus MVP. And the crowd was, and they described the crowd was just dead for it. Which is a shame because I like MVP. Yeah, and JR's, or his opinion on why it fell flat is that, you know, the two were just not in. He even praised MVP for his ability. But. The two were just not that over. Sadly. Sadly, yeah, they weren't. I mean, MVP were having a difficult time trying to do something that would put him over. And and Jack Swagger, I mean, he was so limited in not only his ability to talk, but he just kind of came off as a Kurt Angle wannabe and a bad one at that. I mean, he had a hard time trying to find a character for himself. 
And, you know, to this day, I still think when they did that flag match between Swagger and Rusev, I still think Swagger should have won that one. Because then you don't have to worry about the whole unbeaten streak for Rusev. And you, you actually give Swagger a little momentum as a face. Yeah, they, they didn't give him shit for momentum. Yep. I mean, in, in the long run, it ended up working out for the best for him. I mean, in MMA, Bellator, wherever he is, he actually seems to be doing pretty well with that. And he did have a pretty good run in uh, Lucha Underground. He did. It's a shame that Lucha Underground is gone. Yeah. Yeah, it just fell It fell to the wayside like a bunch of other promotions that could have been something. Hell, to this day, I still think Wrestling Society X could have been something. Yes. Hey, I can't help... That was, that was where I was introduced to guys like... Jack, to like Jack Evans and Matt Seidel. And that was also where I was introduced to Tyler Black, who would later become Seth Rollins. And we all know how that ended up. Yeah. But um, also, it, it showcased, even though given he was past his prime, it showed me how good Vampiro actually could be. Because WCW never really, never really capitalized on that. Yeah. But some of the stuff was over the top, obviously, but still. Plus, it also introduced me to Matt Cross and Teddy Hart. And by my... Actually, I was going to say, I think they only lost once as a tag team in that promotion, but actually, if you want to count that stupid exploding cage match, I think that counts as two. <laughs> but I remembered also the one tag team that was actually unbeaten on that in that promotion was the cartel. But um, the thing that I felt, to this day, I still feel the most ripped off from that promotion... They were going to introduce a new mid-card belt. And to determine that champion, it was going to be Jack Evans and Human Tornado. Nice. And they even added, no time limit draw, there would be a definite winner. So we never got that, and I'm so... And to this day, I'm always pissed off that we never did. But, um... Anyway, I mean, that that's here. That's well. Uh oh, another guy that that promotion also introduced to the world, Joey Ryan. <laughs> Although pre-grabbing of the penis. No, but his pants to get pulled down a bunch, and basically you could almost do a drinking game on when you'd actually see that happen. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, that, but, yeah, there was a lot that came out of that one. And even, even X-Pac, or, or and in that time, Six-Pac was what he was calling himself. Even he actually was good in that. 
which I didn't think was even possible. Yes. I mean, him and Vampiro wrestled one-on-one in that promotion for the belt, and I was like, wow, was X-Pac always this good? Yeah, it just goes to show. I remember going back to the days of the Global Wrestling Federation. Company based out of Dallas. Mm-hmm. They had uh, Six Pac, X Pac. At the time, he was known as the Lightning Kid. He took on Jerry Lynn for their light heavyweight championship, and they had some great matches. Right, I remember that. Yeah, we talked quite a bit about that one, and I remember the Lightning Kid. Yes. And I'm, yeah, I remembered that one, and I remembered we talked about why, how it's kind of surprising, even as a road agent kind of position, that WWE never hired Bill Dundee. I mean, obviously not to wrestle, but having him in like some management or some office, some kind of backstage position, you would think they would have hired him for that. Yeah. And the only place that hired him was WCW to have him as, as Regal's uh, manager, Sir William, basically with glasses and a Charlie Chaplin, looked like something he got from Charlie Chaplin's garage sale. Back when Regal was known as Lord Stephen Regal. How do I remember crap like this, people? To quote Tyrion Lannister on Game of Thrones, that's what I do. I drink and I know things. <laughs> Alright, but going to wrap things up for tonight. Not bad for basically something that I threw, well, played it by ear on that one. JP, plug away. Hi. Uh, yeah, I know. It's been so long since y'all have heard my voice. Did you miss me? Did you? Well, if you did, go back to last week and you can hear my thoughts on SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver, and my trip to Northeast Wrestling. Um, to find that on here. Also, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JPMayor80. And one thing, fuck you, Dave Metzler. Uh, I missed that one. Alright, so yeah, I got an Instagram handle. It's still at Sean's underscore podcast. Twitter, yeah, I gotta work on that because Twitter all of a sudden has become anal as hell when, just when you say the slightest thing about somebody. But um, Facebook groups is The Shark Attack and Variety Bites. I also have I've set up a new page for the Sean Williams Podcast Network on Facebook where I post a lot of the stuff here. And next episode, and of course, I have a new co-host for Variety Bites, Travis T5 Smith. Pretty, co- I'm pretty proud about the last episode I did with him. And next episode, we'll be talking about a bunch more stuff, including Andrew Luck's retirement from the NFL. Um, I just want to put it out there. 
the Indianapolis Colts fans that booed Andrew Luck for retiring, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that more on the next episode, but I think it's majority of it is not so much anger, it's more disappointment. But at the same time, the Colts have done absolutely nothing to make an O-line that would actually protect him. What day are you planning on filming um, Variety Bites? i got to figure that one out. All right, we'll work on that one. But, um, and I'll also talk a little bit about uh, Dwight Howard signing with the Lakers. But, and you know, JP, as pissed as I am that he's going to be in a Laker uniform again, I'm not surprised that I feel like that the, what, the deal that he got, it was basically a take it or leave it deal. What, was the, what did he get? One year, league minimum. Nothing guaranteed. Nothing. Let me repeat. It's a non-guarantee contract. At any point, if they decide it's not working, they can cut him loose. Good. So, they basically were not going to give him a new deal without certain safeguards. So, you wanna, if you want to define the word humbled, <laughs> see a picture of him. I think he realized it was either this or nothing at all. Well, wasn't he signed to Jacksonville? Not Jacksonville, Memphis. Yeah, but I think uh, they they didn't renew a deal with him. Ah, okay. So, this was not a trade. This was signing him to a contract. He didn't have a team. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. So, basically... He had run. He had exhausted all his options. So it was either this or nothing at all. Either this or enjoy retirement. Yep. So I'm actually not as pissed as you would think with that deal. Yeah, the fact that he's actually gonna have to earn it. Yep. And. Oh, wait a minute! I thought Anthony Davis was a center. Well, that's the thing. It. That they they basically, and here's the other thing, the players had to approve, were the ones that approved the deal. They, I mean, it wasn't solely them, but they had, they were, they discussed, management had to discuss that with them too, and they were the ones that were saying, do it. Because he's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, not just management. Well, yeah, look at anywhere he's gone. Orlando, L.A., Houston, Atlanta. Like, wherever he's fucking gone. Yeah, exactly. So that's when what... he first came into the league, he was unfucking stoppable Yeah. But his ego fucking destroyed that man. And we've seen that destroy a lot of players. But this was basically done to play or to make Anthony Davis happy. Because wants to play Anthony Davis wants to play four but not five. So now you can actually have have Howard as the fifth man. But but in any case, he's 
like I said, they gave him this deal, and he's lucky he even got that. But also, we'll be talking about Antonio Brown, who lost his second grievance over the stupid helmet. Oh, yeah, I definitely need to be on this show. It was denied again. And my, my advice to Anthony or to Antonio Brown, give it up. Not to mention, like I said, my Steelers look like geniuses for the fact that they got rid of him. That's what got, that's, and I said this to T5, getting rid of Bell and getting rid of Brown, it was kicking, it was getting rid of the toxicity. But more, all that and more that I'll talk about, and of course, like I said, later this week, JP and I will do a show where we talk about AEW's All Out including their, the match that will determine the first ever AEW champion. I think, J, JP, you and I will be focusing a lot on that part. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, we'll see you guys the next time. He's JP Mayer. I'm Sean Williams, and we are out of here. Say goodnight, JP. Goodnight, JP. Hey, Axel, do you want to say good, goodbye? Nah, you're just going to sleep there. Hey guys, this is Sean Williams, the host of The Shark Attack and Variety Bites and the owner of the Sean Williams Podcast Network. I'm hoping you guys are loving what you hear. As always, if you enjoy what you're hearing from the show, make sure that you can make sure that if you feel like it, you donate to help keep this revolution going. Just there's no real set amount, no minimum, no maximum, just whatever you feel like donating to help keep the show going. And I wanted to take this opportunity to also mention that this show also now has a voice message system. So you can actually leave voice messages for th- with your comments, your questions, anything that you want me to cover on either the Shark Attack or on Variety Bites. If you want to leave your thoughts or questions about wrestling, make sure that you mention that, that it's for the attack. And if you got something that you want me to talk about in sports or in entertainment, make sure you mention that it's for Variety Bites. And I promise the link for the voice message will be provided in the episode description at the end end of this show. So guys, make sure make sure you donate if you like what you hear, and of course make your voice heard and leave your some leave your voice message on on this show. And because I guarantee you. It will make it a good one, make it count, because I will also have it played on the air. So make your voices heard, people, and help keep this revolution going. It was born perfect, and just like the great white shark, the sky has never had to evolve.